This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Benchtown TV and our coverage of HBO's Succession. So this is our what second episode we covered, obviously, episode one. We did a little bit of a, uh, a season four hype episode. We'll be coming out with these kind of maybe shorter-ish episodes after every single one of the actual show episodes. So uh, if you're liking what you're hearing, obviously, the best way to support us and to keep hearing what you like is to subscribe on whatever you are listening on. YouTube as well, if you're watching, as we created this beautiful ATN News Network frame. That, uh, <laughs> So we can feel like we're like Carrie, actually, and we're actually yeah. on air. Oh, we're the talent that actually made it <laughs> through the audition process. Uh, and then if you're interested more about the podcast as a whole, BingetownTV.com is a great place to just kind of get everything that we do all in one spot. It's broken up into essentially all the shows that we've covered, which at this point is just an absolute metric fuck ton. We're <laughs> closing in on 360 episodes. It's been almost three years. We're what? We're about a month away from our three-year anniversary, yep. which is crazy to think about. So if you like what we're doing with Succession, you're going to love what we did probably with almost every other show we covered. So definitely dive into all of that information. And also, we guess we just started our Succession kind of specific feed. So it's mm-hmm. we have a specific Succession feed. So if you're listening via that, then be sure to also subscribe to our Bingetown TV main feed where we're all of the other shows we cover are on that as well. So now with the Bingetown business out of the way, we're going to dive into the succession business. Episode two, Rehearsal. In our style of episodes, we'll start off with an executive summary. It is my turn, so I will go. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'll thank everyone for coming, first of all, just like Kathleen did last week. But uh, okay, so executive summary is Logan gives an early Christmas present to all the clock-watching fucks at ATN by showing up unannounced and delivering a rousing speech while planting a pirate flag from atop his pulpit of printer paper. The Rebel Alliance, after being delayed by helicopter shenanigans and a quick chat with Stewie and Sandy, bump into a frazzled Willa on her way out of her and Connor's rehearsal dinner. After some terrible dating advice from Roman, Potus Grotus convinces the Alliance to head to a real bar with chicks and medical experiments gone wrong for the usual, a Belgian Weissbeer, not Hogarden, though. <laughs> Carrie's infamous audition tape creates a delicate political situation for Tom, which he naturally pawns off onto Greg, who then proceeds to tell Carrie that a focus group of boomers and twerps said they had a problem with her arms. Way to go, Greg. <laughs> Potus Grotus's next desire, karaoke is fulfilled and swiftly interrupted after he reveals that daddy's on the way to join the fun. Logan proceeds to stun the room, not by his rendition of any popular song, but by admitting he wanted the kids at the birthday party and sending a vague apology, quote, if it means that much to them. But as usual, (laughs) he quickly pivots to business when the personal becomes too uncomfortable. The Alliance largely scoffs at Logan's version of opening up and rejects his business olive branch, but seems to actually take Connor's depressing emotional analysis of them all to heart. The night ends as Connor returns to Willa in his bed. Kendall rides the high of sticking it to dad. Shiv debates reaching out to Tom and Roman's happy birthday dad betrayal seems to grow into much more with a secret meeting and a tempting offer. Crush. And that's episode two. 
That was really, that was really good. Now I can't wait to do my next one again. <laughs> yeah. ready, ready. Next, but I'm ready to, that was it really feels, good. It, feel good. it feels good to be done and be as far as I can be from having to do it again a little bit. So you're up yeah. next, Alex. Sweating. No pressure. How many times did you watch it for that? Twice. 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 Okay. That yeah. Was twice. Yeah. Yeah. You have to watch it twice. Yes. Yeah. I tried <laughs> to just watch it once and come up with one. And I was like, I need to confirm all of these words and phrases. So yeah, I definitely watched it more than once. Yeah. All right. So okay. we can move into favorite moments. And I've obviously done nothing but talk for the past however many minutes we've been doing this. So I can pass it on to either one of you two if you want to step up. All right. Favorite moment. I feel like maybe we'll all say this a realist way, but I had the whole karaoke sequence. Just yeah. at first I was like Connor singing. Well, we were like getting so worked up. We're like, is someone going to sing? They better actually fucking sing. And I, that would just be such a tease, but that was great. And then the Logan apology and quotes, and it felt like to me, the family therapy redemption from season one that we were like anticipating at some point, no therapist present. Carrie might think that she can pull that oh out of gosh. Logan, but yeah. he, you know, he's the master of the whole thing anyways. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it feels like a growth in Logan and not like a real growth, but almost like Carrie convinced him this episode that he could maybe act sorry, even if he technically wasn't. And maybe get something from the kids. Whereas in season one, during that therapy session, he was not giving them a single thing. He was scoffing, whatever. So even the growth of faking it to me, and we can get into we can get into how much we think he was genuine or not. But interestingly enough, I it, it is growth no matter what. I don't know what kind of growth, but um, yeah, that's good. I didn't write that because I knew um, someone else would put that because it was great. That was one of like the best scenes of the show. Not even just this right. episode. I was like, I remember like after the scene finished and basically obviously it's like the end of the episode. And I was like, holy shit, that was amazing. And they talked about it a lot in the after show of how difficult it can be to do an ensemble scene. But like, I think they mentioned, I guess his name's what, Jesse Armstrong, right? Uh, that like the most difficult thing about doing an ensemble scene and the thing you need to nail is that what everyone says has to be like believable and very in character. And it nailed that completely. Everything felt perfectly all the lines were perfect for the characters and in the moments that they set them. That was good stuff. I'm going to pivot to funny and go just the Carrie tape storyline. Oh I mean, gosh. when they first announced that, oh, did you look at Carrie's tape for to be an anchor? We looked at each other like, no, because I had no idea that's where her storyline was going to go or that you know, being on screen on TV is what she wanted. I thought she was just going to be like, you know, high up behind the scenes, you know, like a Tom or something like that, but not on screen. And so fucking funny. Like everyone separately watching and laughing at her, Hugo getting caught so good. And the new general is just watching and laughing. It's ridiculous. And then of course culminates in the Greg scene flopping, Flopping the uh, the information the over <laughs> the focus group. I, I was, was like wild. the arms. I was like, oh my god. I was like, no. <laughs> like you couldn't say anything worse or more. Like obviously your own stupid personal opinion. Like classic. I, I agree though. I feel like Carrie has kind of been. I don't want to say like like a fortress almost, but I didn't expect to see her this vulnerable, especially right. this early. Like open to critic. She always seems like she would. She's been someone who like will throw out a comment or like a quick comment or have like some level of potentially insightful insight. I don't even know if 
you should use those two words together like that. But <laughs> yeah. but seeing her vulnerable like this was was weird. Not like off putting. It just was odd. Well, it's like we all knew she has an angle, right? Like you know, yeah. fucking Logan because you think he's hot and there's real chemistry. Like Fair. spare me. But I don't think I ever thought about what her angle is. I don't think it ever crossed my mind that it would be uh like to be on Fox News of the Succession universe and be yeah. an anchor and. Boy, is that not her fate? <laughs> That's not her destiny. And we'll get into it more, but specifically at the end, the last time they mention it, when they're at the karaoke bar and they're saying it to Carrie. First of all, an incredible job of making me feel bad for both Carrie and Logan, who are famously dicks, just yes. like the biggest dicks in the world. They did an incredible job because I felt even on the second watch, I was like, this hurts me to watch. Like, but Carrie looked vulnerable. You're so right. That's a perfect word to say. Like, she's never put in that position because she doesn't give a fuck enough. Yeah. Ooh, I also think she never expected it to go this way. Logan's in charge. What she wants is what he will get her. Yeah. She thinks she had him in her pocket. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure we'll touch on this more. But Roman being like, congrats on your betrayal, Cherry, like kind of <laughs> thing. And he's like, welcome. Now you're really part of it. But. Yeah. Tough scene for for, uh, for Carrie. Honestly, yeah, throughout, you're right, though. I, her, making me feel bad for Carrie and Logan is just a pretty amazing feat, honestly, at this it, point. It is. I'll go, I guess, a combo of funny and serious plot. The kids, the siblings, having the chat in the dive bar, I thought was really good. I feel like it was a great blend of all of their individual relationships, like how Shiv sees Connor, how Connor sees them, how Roman sees Connor, how Kendall sees Roman, like all of that combined, I think was perfectly done almost in there like roman was great and honestly it sums up his season really well or i guess maybe the way i'm now seeing him it potentially was there and i'm seeing it more of he actually has somewhat of a level head at times he's still always there to crack the jokes i love the beetle comparison that he makes and does he not call himself john and then call kendall yoko which <laughs> feels like a weird thing to say that feels I mean, classic for roman yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, weird. it was just like I, I literally I think I rewinded it and was like, did I hear that right? Did he actually call him Yoko? But I thought it was all just good. And I like that Connor again, like they Connor's kind of true uh, motivations come out a little bit. And they talk about it later, too, of the Connor's just wants the money. He's past the point of Logan's love while they're all kind of squabbling over it. That point gets obviously brought way more explicitly in the karaoke scene, but I just loved it because there was just, it's just a great, there's a lot of quotes thrown around. They're actually talking strategy. The happy birthday dad thing was, was funny and sad at the same time where they're like, this is the betrayal. And they're like analyzing every word, like, take care. And I was like, I don't know, bro. That's a little warm. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, they're insane. Yeah. And it's also just very rare to have them all four on screen for that long. Uh, we get the three of them often, but Connor is always thrown in for like a one word type deal. And then he gets like made fun of and walks off or he just can't deal with it. He doesn't want to listen to it. But it was nice to see them. I'm like all for the sibling moments in this final season. That's coming into the season. That was some of my favorite moments prior to in one through three. So I'm really digging all this stuff. I know it's not going to last. I just know it. It's yeah. and Shiv is really we'll get to her, but. I just feel like Shiv is going to fuck this up somehow. Shiv is like my number one on my watch list because I'm like, girl, stop being so greedy. I love you, but stop it. Yeah, we'll get to that for sure. And we'll obviously talk about more moments as we talk about like we've been teasing a little bit the uh, the market watch character analysis at the end, which is kind of the bulk of the episode. We'll talk more in depth about a lot of different scenes. So now we can move more into potentially more lighthearted, which will be favorite quotes. 
Uh, I can go first here since I went last in the last round. There's so many to choose from, and I'm I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say what one I want and then an honorable mention one. The one I want is Tom saying that I could give you a kiss from here is just like so perfect because it's obviously a serious moment. Like Greg is freaking out. Tom ran back there to like be present for this and everyone in the room is watching and Tom just whips that line out like Logan's going to actually receive it well. It's just so classic quintessential tom i feel like i could show that clip and you would understand who tom is fully i said when we watched it live i wonder if he improvised that because it felt so i don't know the way (laughs) brian cox looked at him back with that little smile i was like i feel like he wasn't ready for that line it was but in a good way like it all worked out very well That's a great one. So what's what's the what's the honorable mention? The honorable mention line is going to be uh, Sandy in the beginning answering the phone call from Shiv. And she says, is this about Connor's wedding? Because that was a regretful no. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was such a beautifully slid in their line. It made me laugh both times I watched the episode. Okay, I'm glad neither of those were mine. Uh, you want to go next? Go well, next. no, mine was the Tom and Logan, like Damn. singularly. I was like, this is so good and so classic Tom. And it it felt like a bit of a surprise. It felt like quintessential him, but also kind of like off the cuff in a way, which made it feel more authentic. But I was giggling. I was like, <laughs> Logan would punch him in the face if there weren't a whole room yeah. of news people here. I fucking again, love that guy. I don't think Tom would have said that in season one. No, well, maybe he would have, but not as confidently as that. Like he knew he could he's get away with that. Now. He's having fun and he's really Logan's number one besides Carrie. Like Tom is his guy yeah. and Logan letting him handle the Carrie thing at the end and them having an understanding without actually having to say anything. It it shows a lot. Again, lots of growth I'm seeing now that we're like talking this through at a deeper level and we have to really think through the lines and not just laugh at them. Yeah, it's nice. True. It's really nice. I can totally... Now that I uh, have had stumbled my way into the the Tom and Greg shipping side of Twitter and social media, I could totally see that quote getting like cut into a fan cam. <laughs> yeah. And like, but it's like Tom saying it to Greg because I mean, it's to say Greg's tall guy, so like, I feel like I could kiss you from here. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that happening. I'm sure that'll stumble upon my timeline at some point. Not the first time he said. Him and Greg should kiss. I wrote the long quote and it's uh, it's a Connor quote. I gave it to him and it's him talking about what kind of bar he wants to go to. And he says a real bar with chicks and guys who work with their hands and grease who sweat from their hands and have blood in their hair. And then Roman immediately says, I don't like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Connor is I saw something on the Internet that was like Connor's actually the worst of them because he's like weaponizes almost how dumb he is. And like, because he like wants to get involved with like people and like impact their lives way more. And he has no idea who like people, like real people actually are. And this episode was a perfect summation of that. Him in the bar and everything was just so fucking good. Yeah, I will say he's like the most privileged, right? And hasn't contributed like anything to the business yet, like wants the money more than everyone else. So he's in Logan's ear being like, I just need like a couple more mil dad like and and then has the audacity to think he can run for president after doing nothing his whole life so yeah i think it, depending on the lens you take and what and, and the day he could be the worst roy sibling he walks into the bar and his quote is america i've missed you <laughs> <laughs>
Exactly. Oh, As if oh, he's baby. ever actually been in real America. He's down the desert in his own head. It's like Yeah. He like bought an aquifer for the water wars. He's just insane. But I have a little soft spot for him. All right, we can move. I mean, that's pretty much a perfect segue into a little bit of a market watch character analysis of how we are actually feeling about the performance in this episode. We have two episodes now kind of on our belt, so we can even potentially connect to things in episode one. If that's impacting how we're feeling at the moment, I feel like the obvious one to start with, I mean, he's the white whale. He's the octopus that has a tentacle and everything. Logan, I feel like this was a good episode for him. He maybe didn't get the kids on his side for the vote, but I don't know, like the speech in the in the room was actually electric even though the end of the episode he's like i'm gonna you know basically fire all those people like he can claim some twisted level of moral high ground in his in his head because he apologized and he's definitely feeling like he's gonna leech roman off of the alliance so i feel like things kind of worked out for him pretty well in this episode uh i compared him to trump in his speech on the on the paper boxes because he was saying a whole lot of stuff, but a whole lot of nothing. Like, I was yeah. like, what are you even saying? There wasn't any like actual meat to what he was saying. It was just like, we're pirates. We're going to say things and everyone's going to be like, I can't yeah. believe they said that. <laughs> it gets like, really. What else is new with your, with your yeah. Nazi fucking news anchors? But I will say this is another quote I had when he's just like, is 40 equal to 15? No, good head for numbers. Like, so- I love how he calls him pal. <laughs> it's like so it's insulting. Such a dick. Oh god. I like they're all clapping and smiling too. They're literally all eating it up in the room. You have to or he's yeah, going to fire you. That's yeah, on the spot, I feel. But Greg and Tom seem really concerned in the beginning of it. Like it was almost like when is he going to get to a point? But then when everyone was cheering, Sid, Tom, Greg, they're all like, okay, let's go. Like, even they're buying into it, which is psychotic. I guess they have to. Like, they hitch their wagon to him. They got to they gotta just follow him no matter what he does, a little wacko. But, um, yeah, I think his stock is – I don't know where we put his stock last episode. I don't know that we really did. No one really picked did. him necessarily, but he's obviously big on the market. So we got to talk about it. I think it's up. I think it's up by the end with like him being able to call off the meeting for the for the next day. First of all, I I saw the the preview for the next episode. They do go to the wedding. Thank God. But I really thought they were going to miss the wedding. Logan being like, look at Roman like it's the wedding. He's like, doesn't matter. (laughs) That was fucked up. But I mean, that's Logan, though. I guess at this point, we're kind of numb to to those type of things. So they maybe don't even factor in. But I also feel like his position in terms of the sale makes sense when he was talking about it in the karaoke bar i felt like he was making the most sense in the room because he was like you guys like you're gonna get so much money like why are you going to try to push this for what actually amounts to almost like pennies at this point they're gonna get maybe like five more percent potentially out of it at the risk of everything and it just it just feels weird i feel like he was actually right in that scene i mean what do I know? Their pennies are our pennies are their millions, but yeah, I no, but I also agree. I think this is I'm we're watching on the outside. And we're like these fucking idiots, like Shiv and Kendall, just like 
can't see past their like vendetta, right? And their mm-hmm. and the betrayal they've had with Logan. They so they can't trust him at all, and they think they know better, and they just like want to beat him so bad. But I think he does know in this situation that like he he gets Matt's and they're on the same level. And and I'm just watching them, and I'm like, you guys are really stressing me out with this. Like it's not going to be worth it. Like it's not looking good. I agree. I wanted to talk to you guys about that whether or not we thought who was the smarter end of the deal all episode we can jump into Shiv if we want because she was like again love her but man she was really bugging me all up like when sandy when girl sandy comes i'm like i forgot all about girl sandy first of all and that she's hilarious but she's only there to cause issues the last episode she was in the one where logan gets a uti i mean she is just acting like she's talking to her dad, who is uh, like Roman says, she's got her hand up his oh ass like a meat puppet. <laughs> and Stewie, but but then it makes me think, okay, Sandy, Stewie, Shiv, and then Kendall looks at the numbers and it seems like they could get more. Are they all being insanely greedy or is Logan losing it like Shiv said? I don't know. But either way, again, take the money and run for me. But they overpromised on Pierce, so they want more money. I don't think that's fair. they're wrong in looking at the numbers, but I think Matson is a nut job. He's an Elon Musk nut job. He's just chomping on Cheetos with no days of sleep. And he's like, I don't need this. Like, you need me. Like, he'll sell it to someone, but it won't be me. And I don't think that's an empty threat, to be honest. They need him more than he needs this. So I think it's somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it threw me off a little bit when him and Kendall have that conversation. And then Kendall immediately switches sides right after Matson told him, if you guys push, I'm out. Kendall was kind of all over the place a little bit, but he wants to blow it up or have a win, right? He's like, only I fuck with my family and my dad. Like, I'm ready to call it. The chaos button was like, yeah, I think in his brain. See, I know him so well. Soon as they hung up, I said to you, I said, oh, he's going. He wants to negotiate now because Shiv does that little, that's negotiating 101. That's negotiating 102, which is yeah. true. Of course, Madsen's going to say, I'm not going higher. What is he supposed to say? I could go a little higher. And then, of course, you negotiate more. So, yeah. I, I was I don't blinded by Kendall's past because I was like, okay, he's just now he's all over the place. Mm. Shib and by extension, a little bit Kendall. Kendall does it a little less just because he has more like not random lines, but he talks more non-business stuff. I feel like than Shiv does. Shiv always feels like it's very on the point. It's always about business. And I feel like she, especially in the karaoke scene, because she talked the most. I felt like afterwards that like she kind of looked a little bit like a fool a little bit. She was very emotional, yelling, and I feel like Logan felt like he was calm and was speaking much more sense. I think with Roman was kind of being calm, and when he was talking, it was measured. He wasn't yelling. He was actually like speaking to the point, and it felt like Shiv and a little bit Kendall were just kind of like going off the rails a little bit. Yeah, I think that they have the most baggage, right? Roman, the most betrayal he felt was in Italy, but he was already planning to betray their dad with his siblings. So it's like, you know, I think the least baggage between any of the siblings is with Roman. And I think Shiv is on a professional and personal front being fucked by Logan from like him dangling CEO all last season. And then Tom, the lawyer thing, right? Like icing her out of any good lawyer in the tri-state area. So 
I don't really blame her for not seeing past it, but it's making me bang my head against the wall. And I feel like everything she did, Kathleen went, oh, no, why? Yeah. Oh, God. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I also don't blame her in the way where I don't think that they've ever gotten a chance to stand up to their dad in a way where he was willing to listen like this episode. So Shiv devolved into being a child again, right? Like Shiv is like oh. throwing adult jabs at him, but devolving in a way that's like, are you kidding me? Like there's a point where I forget what she says. She was, I forget exactly what she says, but she puts her head in her hands. Like she's getting so frustrated as she's delivering the line that she like, but you can tell was, that she's, it was yeah. really good. I'm pretty sure what you're talking about is when she's like, you think that you're always right and you yes. always know best. But what it is, is that you say what you think. And then yes. everyone around you is so far up your own, up your ass, basically that like they do what it takes to make what you think true, but yes. that doesn't make you always right. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I thought she, that was a good line. And she had a point. I guess it's more for me. I, the big thing with this, especially when they're all together, is always thinking of them in relation to each other. Like when I had said in the season four hype episode that Kendall, when he's with everyone else, had always seemed like the most normal person. Like, obviously, when he's with other people that aren't in the family, like when he's working on his own and if he's interacting yeah. with like a random person, like he is obviously sticking out and like a sore thumb and he seems a little, a little wild, but Roman in this scene was so measured and level and was mm -hmm. like, Hey, like, what are you actually apologizing about? Like, you know, because Italy, like obviously it hurt us and all these things. And while Shiv and Kendall felt very emotional and like, we're, we're getting a little, not, I don't want to say wild again, but it just, the contrast between the two reactions, I think probably heightened how I felt negatively about how Shiv and Kendall. I'm sure it felt amazing. I mean, they even react afterwards and they're like, how to feel to fuck dad, <laughs> you know, all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But I guess from a pure, like thinking about a, their business side of it, I guess B personally, I'm sure it felt amazing, but the business side felt like it was a little bit of a flop for them. Speaking of Shiv, I also think her stocks went down for me a little on the personal side as well, because she didn't give one fuck about Connor on this day. Yeah. They watched Willow walk out on him. And immediately she's like, okay, yes, yeah, but should the three of us touch base in a separate room about this? She yeah. is so selfish that she can't even fake it for her brother. And the, everywhere they go, if Roman's the one sticking up for Connor, there's an issue, right? Yeah. And he was, even though he was doing some jabs, like there's the jab where they're both like, you can't get better than Willow, so whatever. And then she said, he says like she's fucking some other hard bit younger cock and then like you know how it goes with him His but he's is, fucking with them he doesn't know how to he doesn't know yeah. how to talk to somebody he can be kind <laughs> to him like behind his back and like in gestures but he can't like verbalize it to him mm -hmm. like he even like turns and says to shiv when he's fucking with him he's like i love him yeah like he yes. wouldn't turn he couldn't just turn his head you know six degrees and say it to connor like ah, i love you man like i'm just fucking with you you know because yeah. like he was advocating to stay there and then while Connor's there, he's like, just throw her 10 more grand and all that kind of stuff. So he's an interesting character. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Shiv was pissing me off with that. Because even Kendall, too, was like, we got to go up. Like, we got to stay. And Shiv yeah. was like, immediately, like, all right, we saw him. Let's get out of here. And they were like, eh, let's stop being so crazy. Yeah, I think she's in a full tailspin right now. Like, personally, she's devolving. And Roman is maturing seemingly a little bit you it's know what crazy. i mean which is shocking i think you know she's flopping roman's flipping you know that's what i see for the stocks she's flopping and flipping she, yeah, yeah flipping yeah. and flopping those two but uh she's still bottoming out hard <laughs> i think stock wise
I hope she picks it up. I think her only hope is to, okay, I was going to say rekindle with Tom, which is the worst I could ever say. Like the only way her stock can go up is to rekindle with a man. Wow, real feminist stuff. Yeah. But I like I like Tom for her. Tom is good for her. She's bad for Tom, you know? Yeah. And But Tom, I've seen this in other shows where you conflict out lawyers but all you have to do is have a meeting with them and all of a sudden you're a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. And that is fucked of Tom. I had seen it in other shows so I knew exactly when they're like conflicted out. I was like, no, Tom, you dick. And then they show the scene of Tom being like, so they're all go- so they're all out. Okay, good. So Tom, not great. So Shiv started off on like a shit mood in this episode oh, yeah. because of that. But yeah, she's, she's, um, she's bottoming out. Unfortunately, we're losing a lot of money on Shiv. <laughs> Yeah, I think just like we've said, it's just she's taking it personally and professionally in terms of bad things happening to her while Roman and Kendall, we're not really getting a peek into their personal lives at the moment. So everything seems good to them in comparison. Kendall is upbeat the entire episode. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I was going to say. We can quickly go through Kendall because I feel like good. Kendall's holding steady. Yeah. yeah, but it, the way he flipped on the Matson call, the chaos button is going off. And True. I just think it's a matter of time. It's a little like signs of volatility ahead. I don't think anything changed this week, but yeah. that's not normal people behavior. <laughs> so. I, I, I definitely feel worse this week than I did last week. I still agree that he's probably, yeah, still floating a little bit of a straight line, but I feel hmm. worse about it. Definitely. He was like opening the episode was classic Kendall. Like he's got the iPad out, a little iPad kid, and he's like checking all the numbers and he's like, This is doo doo, doo doo, doo doo. Yeah. His his show idea where he's like, it's a show that teaches you how to watch the show. And it was like, that's such a stupid fucking it's like pseudo intellectual Kendall idea. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff was like, all right, yeah, we're here. The whole Buddhism thing where he's like, you know, in Buddhism they say this, and he tells Roman to just be water and and stuff. And I actually felt good when he was like actually putting out legitimate grievances like to get logan to answer for them you know like ignoring connor his whole life putting connor's mom in jail like yes hitting rome when he was a kid and i was like all right kendall let's get it and then you know with him there's always that underlying worry of he's gonna take it too far and not just like kind of take the win and retreat and like kind of get regame playing like he's gonna keep running like at the end of the he's sitting and just giggling in the back of the car and i was like oh he might do something a little bad after this yeah, I feel like until they're out, finally, whenever, if that comes, yeah. he's always going to be a little bit in. And that could just go from like shallow water to like in the deep end in a blink of an eye. Listen, listen, I bought the stocks. I'll tell you exactly how they're going. They're going up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. One question for you. I didn't clock it, but I know at the bar he ordered, he ordered club soda and bitters, meaning that's usually his drink. When they're at the karaoke bar, he was pouring champagne. He didn't drink any, right? So he's sober, technically. I think. Clock if he sipped it or not. If he's sober, he's doing pretty good. But, like, he seems like drunk Kendall. Like, he seems goofy Kendall. Like, when the chopper goes and he's like, bye, daddy, bye, daddy. He's, like, screaming stuff. (laughs) I'm like, this guy is just goofed out. My note is literally he's goofed out. And I wrote his, like... Hardcore international news, global, global to hyper local every every day. Just what's happening in Africa, Sub-Saharan East, Sub-Saharan West. I'm like, what yeah. are you he's, saying? He's like, he's I'd like, watch, that. watch that. <laughs> yeah, Roman's like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so it, good. I fucking love Kendall. Me too. 
Yeah, me too. Every time the picture comes up and you're wearing like the suit jacket with the hat, I'm like, there he is. That's my boy. boy. All right. uh, Do we want to, I mean, maybe just a stat. We've talked about Roman, but I'm Mm. still in on him going up. The end scene legitimately hurt my heart. And that's how I knew I'm turning the corner on Roman because that felt bad to me. I was like, oh, bro, like, why are you fucking meeting with him? And he was still kind of holding it off when, you know, like we said earlier, where he's anti the Logan stance that Connor's wedding doesn't matter. And he's kind of like, I should leave, which is classic line to say in the moment. But I just I don't know. I I feel like he's going to turn his back and go back to Logan. I think Kieran said it really well in the post episode chat. It's like when Logan actually likes you or puts focus on you, you feel like you're in the sun or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to see like that through like a crack in the door again or whatever, it's like a addictive thing. And again, he has not been struck down as many times as his siblings. Obviously, you could probably learn from watching that up close <laughs> and yeah. say, why wouldn't it happen to me? But there's always like ego telling you, well, I'm different or, I, you know, that's their whole thing, right? The three of them and three of them, sorry, Connor, in competition to like <laughs> be the best, to take over, to be the most like, you know, the one he's most proud of, et cetera. So I am not shocked. And I, I figure he'll lean into yeah. this. Every, each episode, too, he's kind of the odd Roy out mm-hmm. on the opinions of their approach with Pierce, how much they're putting into Pierce. Why aren't we doing the hundred? I liked that. Like, He's always just like not fully bought into Shiv and Kendall's stick because theirs is so rooted in let's fucking grind dad down into a pulp yeah, again. It, and he knows point. that. And it's not his his fight, I don't think. I don't think he's interested in that angle. Yeah. I could he could easily convince himself and he would there's a lot of evidence to back it up, like you said, that it's not worth it to keep going down this road with this with the with his siblings. I almost said the twins. <laughs> the twins. Oh, wait. Didn't we read somewhere that Shiv and and Kieran or Shiv and Roman were supposed to be twins? I, I think they were going to be, but I just saw a whole fucking Reddit thing where they found a picture from the intro and like, or no, it was on like Logan's nightstand in the episode or whatever in his living room. And Roman looks significantly older than Shiv. Shiv's actually the youngest. I'll have to find the tweet. I, I was shocked. No way. They don't know what age any of these people are. I think well, I they also saw it. like the script from the pilot that has says that Roman's married. Yes, it's the that woman with the kid. Yeah, and then they and then on they Thanksgiving just shuffled that out. Yeah, exactly. Like on Thanksgiving, he walks into the room and yells at her for watching that show of for whatever. Anyway, um one question is how many d- does Sandy and Stewie need all three of the kids' votes? Or just two, or just one. Like, how many do they need? It's who else is in the vote? Because I I'm wasn't gonna have to say that. it's all of them. I thought it was all three, uh, all three of them at least. They needed three more votes. So Roman's gonna fuck it once again. But they're not even doing the vote tomorrow. Is when they kept yeah. saying it. So uh, I think Roman is gonna stay with the kids. I think he's gonna turn on his dad. I'm just gonna put that on the board. That's my like hopeful long shot for Roman. I hope he finally, after three seasons of fucking them over, chooses the right thing finally. But as we get past the the wedding and stuff, we're gonna get more into the election and things and who knows what's all gonna happen. So the election baby. What a perfect segue into my boy, potentially president elect Connor. Just very quickly we can talk about him, the fourth Roy sibling. I was fully prepared to write him into stock down while this episode was going on. Willa being in his bed and his little bit of uh, 
his monologue at the end convinced me not to. This is what I talked about in the season four hype episode of I was waiting for them to have a, a real moment to discuss Connor's kind of place in the four of them and his place potentially in relation to Logan. While it was Kendall who brought up that Logan has kind of ignored Connor his whole life. And it's really sad what Connor talks about when he's like, I don't need love because like I've lived my whole life without it. But I feel like this might potentially be the first step in towards getting to that actual cathartic moment that I was looking for when I purchased my little bit of an investment in Connor before the season. <laughs> I think we're trying. I'm not going to say we're trending fully up, but I mean, Will is back in the bed. The wedding's happening next episode. He kind of got some things off his chest. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not as sad about Connor's position after this episode as I was after last episode. And that's all I'll say. If I didn't take the Carrie storyline as my favorite moments, I have um, Connor saying the like good thing yeah. about having a family who doesn't love you is you don't need it. Like, you know, and if, if Will is there and she doesn't love me, that's fine. I don't need it. If she's not there, that's fine. I don't need it. And it was devastating, right? I think it was a true moment out of him. We don't get many uh, from yeah, Connor. He's, he's just like goofy. a whipping post and, you know, he's goofy and saying insane things like blood on their heads. Or whatever, but and even Will, I would say Will is stocked up for me. And you know, I'm happy that she, I mean, it's always you know, she's like everything feels so vivid today, right? Like it's so <laughs> funny. Like she was losing it, and rightfully so, right? You're about to marry this guy you obviously don't love, and and as much as it's for money, most likely, I think that Connor. I, I think she feels something for Connor. I don't know if it's pity. I don't know what it is, but like she Gotta feels pity. She feels something for Connor and she's doing it for him still. You know, I don't I don't if she truly didn't feel a single thing for him, she would just bounce. Right. You don't need to marry him like you. I don't know. I, I just she stocked up for me. I love that scene at the bottom of the stairs when she can't articulate anything. And, and one by one, the new gen Roy's are walking in being like, mm, what's what's going on here? Are you OK? Yeah. And then and later, like, when I'm she's pretty in sure bed, the bride's like first team, like. You're supposed <laughs> to be at the rehearsal dinner. And she's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. But even him stalking her the whole episode. And <laughs> I think she he, just found a place she likes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, I think it's just factory settings. And, and she's like, no, it's not. Oh, my God. Great stuff. He's like, why is her dot in a dry cleaners? Is that drugs? Like, yeah. Well, what so, do we just for an aquarium quickly, or pets? Did, what do we think happened with that? I think like sometimes the dot is not accurate because of like. Yeah. cell towers and stuff i, I think she like, was literally on her, her way home at a bar with people i literally think it was just like That's so new york cool. it's hard to register where someone yeah. is specifically was like let's throw it on the big screen <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay all right that was so whipping good. down on connor yeah so last i guess slight lightning round didn't get a ton from them actually we did get a little bit of tom we mentioned a little bit he's moving up slightly i mean logan said that sid's gone so now he's no longer what she say her social secretary, which is obviously a dig and not true. But uh, so Tom's maybe potentially sole head of ATN at this point. He got the carry situation handled via Greg. He did pull the depending on your perspective, the boss moved to put all the lawyers in conflict. I just don't know how I feel about this Tom episode. And I guess an extension, Greg, talk about both of them at once. Greg, to me, is just he's just turned into an asshole. <laughs> so I don't know. He's Tom's mouthpiece again, but like I feel like less 
Greg color than usual. You know what I mean? It was a classic Greg (laughs) disaster, (laughs) but I think there's not much going on with him right now. Otherwise, but I had Tom as like stable, like, yes, Sid is maybe on her way out, but in the same breath, you know, he's promising Roman ATN first. So like, is Roman going to be Tom's boss? I just, I think everything's an empty promise or threat until it happens with, uh, with Logan, but it's just it, in with one out with the other kind of thing. And I don't know how that will go for him. He did almost get that late night booty call from Shiv. She yeah, thought about did. it. So. I wasn't sure what he was. She was attempting there, but I think you're right. It probably was a booty call, but I don't know if it's also like a booty call slash information gather. I don't think she's ever wanted a booty call from Tom. I think it was like to bitch, you know, that's who she'd call and be like, can you believe my dad did this? Uh, Or like that was, she would, she'd give him the tea and he collected the information over the time. And then when she pushed him too far, he used it against her. That's just, she used to just call him to be like my fucking family, you know, and now she is fucking no one. So that seems like the reasonable take. Mondale. Not even Mondale. Yeah. Logan putting Tom on the spot and being like, sprinkle a little sugar on it for me. Give me an intro. I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad. I can't be though. Yeah. And then um, I think he's in a really good spot with Logan. Like I said, the whole carry situation, Logan really trusted him with it. And then, and then Logan or Tom gives it to Greg. And I feel that this was an easy conversation to have. I know it's Logan's girlfriend, but the conversation, exactly how Greg put it is, look, there's something there. You're not quite there. Like, you don't want to just, we don't want to throw you in when you're unprepared because, you know, there's nepotism everywhere and all this stuff. It's an easy conversation. He gives it to Greg and Greg fucks it so hard. Like, the, yeah. the thing he says is, tell her she did okay, but not too good. And he's like, oh, the consensus is great. Great. Yeah. Tom thinks you're great. Oh, great. And it's like, I, it also... I get delegation is a part of business. And as a boss, you should delegate. You should know Greg's going to fuck it. And that's going to come back because Carrie was about to start sprinting mad to someone. But then immediately Logan was like, I heard from Connor. The kids are going to fuck the vote tomorrow. So it kind of got squashed. Carrie didn't have a chance to be like, what the fuck? But to me, that Tom, I'm like, come on, can you just do that yourself? Logan told you to handle it. Why aren't you handling it? But. I mean, I guess that's showbiz. I don't think he wanted to be that close to it because that would also be very more obviously from Logan. You know what I mean? Like, I think part of it was like, let's, I mean, one, Tom bitched out, I think. But two, <laughs> it was just, you Tom know. Tom definitely bitched out. Greg's his lackey. It just breaks some Greg's, you know. I think Greg at some level liked it, though. Well, it's, it's thing of <laughs> Greg fucked it so hard and then goes, I did the job. Did the job. <laughs> it oh, is God. so classic Greg to just think, just to have <laughs> done and gone through the motions and even no matter how you graded on it a to z i did it done nailed it yeah i love how tom kind of gives him the reminder too of like he's kind of he's talking to greg almost through greg when he tells him to do the line of like do you really want it this way like all the whispers Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff so maybe potentially hinting at greg like your spot isn't you know so secure on your own as well based on just because you are a cousin of the family potentially i love that carrie called it immediately though she's like so tom is saying this and sent you yeah. to do it like it's just very obvious even she's though. whip smart a lot yes she's which on is, it again back to our point in the beginning when it was kind of wild to see her so vulnerable and like disarmed yeah, and being ridiculed. Say it, her stocks low baby yeah, carrie sorry, stocks carrie. dropped hard sorry carrie 
you know who else stocks are low? Jerry. Yes. I'm worried. Why yep. I did I I miss something about him icing her out or like it was I'm just the, making sure um, I didn't miss something. I know he was frustrated with her in that room, but even yeah. back in I was reading something that was talking about maybe the original Gojo stuff. He just didn't want her or Pierce stuff. He cut her out of that too. Like there's some level that he doesn't trust yeah, her oh, on sure. these things. Maybe this transition of power thing. He just knows that she's loyal to whoever's in charge. So maybe he's like, yeah. I don't yeah. want you in the room, but worried for my girl a little bit. I too was shocked by that comment, like no Jerry, like hard no Jerry, which was shocking. I I thought I missed something too on the rewatch. I didn't really, besides them laughing at Carrie, which is so good, and it wasn't her; it was Hugo. Hugo's an idiot. Yeah, he and that bit of Carolina being like, "No, you open your computer. Yeah, give it a go." I was like, "Don't give it. Smash your computer over your knee. That's a better play." It just felt like relatable all yeah, corporate oh shit, yeah. right? Like, so oh funny. no, we're all laughing at this flop yeah. thing someone did. Or, uh, Every time my boss asks me to share my screen in a meeting, even though I'm like never actually doing anything, it's always like, uh, okay, let me just like <laughs> like triple check everything that's going on. Okay, and share my screen. So yeah, go I, on, do not disturb so no one can ping you and be like, what the fuck's up with this person? Yeah. <laughs> and how much that could go wrong? Oh, yeah. Just at any time. I've yeah, lived that it. Was, so I guess that's kind of it, unless anyone wants to hurt up a straggler. I just want to shout out Jess for being an angel. Oh, <laughs> my God. Thank you so much. Biggest yes. angel. Every time I'm like, God bless her soul. I hope she's getting yeah. fat checks. because I hated how mean Roman was to her. Yeah. Get a car. I was like, yeah. It's like fuck you, bro. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know what Jess does. Yeah, she doesn't work for you. She works for Kendall, first of all. Yeah. Kendall's bo- a Buddhist now. He's chill. Yeah, just be water, bro. Just chill out. Jess is on it. All right. Let's see. Yeah, I'm good. You're good. Cool. I hate when it ends. Yeah, I know. We can always <laughs> take it offline. All right, so that's gonna do episode two. <laughs> uh, rehearsal. We will obviously be back next week for episode three, whatever it ends up being called. We're Kathleen spoiled a little bit that we're at the wedding, which is okay. I mean, personally, I love it. Sounds like we got a little bit of a Connor episode going on. Obviously, this Roman situation is going to get a little bit deeper, so I'm excited for that. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on whatever you are listening on. Like I said, at the top of the show, top of the hour, we're covering a lot of stuff at the moment. So we're doing what obviously succession, haha. Uh, Yellow Jackets is our other Sunday night, I guess Friday night, technically Friday morning obsession at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic. We're covering that as well. The Mandalorian is something we're currently covering. Shadow and Bone, we just wrapped that up. Amazing Netflix show that feels a little underrated. I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, but we yep. seem to love it. So get on that for sure. And yeah, that's kind of it. BingetownTV.com is your home for everything Bingetown, everything aggregated into one spot, one-stop shopping. Can't get much better than that. And I think that's it. We'll be back with Alex's wonderful executive summary of episode three next week. So uh, (laughs) be sure to tune in for that. And as always, we are Bingetown TV. And thank you for listening. And fuck off. And fuck Fuck off. Fuck off. (laughs) We're pirates. (laughs) We're pirates. (laughs) That, That is. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.